The following audio is from LaGrange Church of Christ, located in Texas. For more information about LaGrange Church of Christ, please visit our website at www.lagrangecoc.com. Well, grace and peace to you this morning. Um, it's so good to, to be here with you. Uh, we want to welcome um, all of our visitors. Um, we're blessed by your presence here, and we're, we hope that you're blessed um, by the worship Uh, that you're a part of this morning. Thank you, Dusty, for reading that passage from Acts chapter 3. As you know, um, we're in a series from the book of Romans. So if you have your Bible, you might be opening to Romans chapter 8. And we kind of talked about last week the importance of of Romans chapter 8 and how we're going to spend a couple weeks um, here. And so we're going to take up Romans 8, verses 18 through 30 this morning. And we want to begin by just reading that and kind of soaking some of this in. Romans chapter 8, beginning in verse 18. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pain of childbirth until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies." For in this hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows What is the mind of the Spirit? Because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to His purpose. For those whom He foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son, in order that He might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom He predestined, He also called, and those whom He called, He also justified, And those whom he justified, he also glorified. Now, if you're like me, then uh, you do not like to wait. It's frustrating, you know, to get behind a a car that's driving slow or to be in maybe Austin or Houston to get stuck in traffic. It can be irritating if the internet is not fast enough, you know, and you're trying to Uh, load a page or you're trying to download a a document or a picture and it's just not happening. Sometimes when you're hungry, you go to a restaurant and you're told that you have to wait. And it may be 30 or, or 45 minutes before you're able to get a table. And this usually leads to a discussion of whether or not it's worth it, you know. Well, uh, of course, waiting in traffic or waiting on a table is nothing compared to other types of waiting. 
There are times when you go to the doctor because you know something is wrong. And so the doctor orders tests, and then you may have to see another doctor, and they make you wait. In every hospital, they have what they call the waiting room. And it's where you go if your loved one is in surgery or maybe in the ICU. And people sometimes spend hours and, or days in waiting rooms. Waiting is not easy. It's not something that we like to do. When times are tough, we want to hurry up and get through them. And we tell ourselves, you know, things will get better soon. We don't want to live in the midst of uncertainty. We don't want to linger where there is pain and suffering. We don't want to wait. But Paul says, this is exactly what we are doing now. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. And in this section, Paul makes a distinction between creation and humanity. In verses 19 through 22, he talks about how sin has impacted creation. And creation is the biblical word for nature. It's, it's plants and trees and animals and the planet and all those things. And then in verse 23, he shifts his attention back to humanity. And he says, and not only the creation, not only the plants and the trees and the animals and the earth and all those things, but we ourselves, human beings, who have the first fruits of the Spirit grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. And so creation waits with eager longing. And we Christians groan inwardly as we await the redemption of our bodies. We wait because we still live in a fallen world that has been corrupted by sin. And we long for what God will do next. Now to really understand this section of Romans, we need to have a basic understanding of the whole biblical story. In other words, we need to see the big picture. What is the Bible all about? And so here's a two-minute crash course. It begins with creation. God, who is eternal, created the universe. He created the heavens and earth. He created the sun, moon, and stars. He created plants, trees, flowers, animals, and human beings. And he stepped back and he looked at creation. He said, it is good. It was a literal paradise. But then Adam and Eve, the first two human beings who inhabited the garden, they sinned. They transgressed God's law. And, and this had a deep impact on them and the world in which they lived in. They felt shame for the first time. Pain and death were introduced into creation through sin. Thorns and thistles were a result of the fall. Sin deeply affected creation. It poisoned humanity. And so God set forth a plan 
to redeem humanity and to redeem creation. And he began by calling Abraham and forming the nation of Israel. And through Israel came Emmanuel, God in the flesh. God is with us. Jesus, the Son of God, fully revealed God to everyone. And he came announcing good news. And somehow this involved his death. When Jesus was crucified on the cross, he overcame the powers of sin and darkness. And three days later, he was raised from the grave. He defeated death. And the death and resurrection of Jesus changed everything. This was the beginning of God's plan to redeem all things. We now live in the in-between. Some have described this as the now, but not yet. This is why we wait. We live in a world where sin is rampant, and we see the effects of sin everywhere we look. Everything that is wrong with the world is a result of sin. Death, disease, sickness, pain, violence are all because of sin. These things were not present in the Garden of Eden. They came after the fall. Sin and evil are powers that we have known in our lives. But the good news is that God has taken on flesh and God has come to earth. He was born in a manger. And he came to undo all the bad things that we know too well. God hates death. He hates cancer. He hates violence. He hates disease. These things are opposed to his will. And this is why he has began to redeem everything that has been corrupted by these powers. And it started at the cross. And it will be finished when he returns. And we live in between the cross and the return of Jesus. And so we wait. But God did not leave us empty-handed. We have been given the Holy Spirit. Paul says that we have been given the first fruits of the Spirit. We have been given a down payment of what is to come. We have tasted a sample from the wedding feast that will take place when Jesus appears. As Christians, we have one foot in this world and one foot in the next. We still live with the reality of sin, but we pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we know what God has in store. We have been commissioned to be God's image bearers on earth. And so we reflect God to the people around us. We show forth his will so that others might come to know him and work towards this future reality. Until Jesus returns, God has given us the Holy Spirit to comfort us and to work in our lives. The Spirit helps in sanctification. He assists us in living holy lives. 
But the Spirit works in other ways as well. And Paul mentions a few of these in verses 26 and 27. He writes, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And I want you to notice something here. The word groan appears several times in this chapter. And so in verse 22, we're told that all of creation groans. In verse 23, Paul mentions that human beings groan. And now in verse 26, the Spirit groans. What does this mean? Why does Paul keep using this word? Well, the groanings are a deep or are a result of living in a world that has been corrupted by sin. And so we groan because things are not right. But we learn from this passage that we are not alone in our groanings. That the Holy Spirit groans along with us. The Holy Spirit empathizes with us. He prays for us. He intercedes for us. And so we learn that God is present with us in our pains and in our sorrows. God understands. And He is as displeased with the wrongs of this world as you and I are. And He is working to right all those wrongs. In the very next verse, Paul writes, And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to His purpose. And this is a verse that has brought comfort to many people over the years, and it should. But it's also a verse that has been greatly misunderstood. Some have taken this verse to mean that God is responsible for the evil in this world. And so if a loved one dies or gets sick, they assume that, well, that's just part of God's plan. And they may quote this verse. That's not what this verse means. God is not the cause of death. He cannot be blamed for sickness or disease. He is opposed to these things. This is why he is groaning alongside us. He disproves of these things. God does promise that no evil will be able to disrupt his plans. And so no matter what the powers of darkness attack us with, the outcome is going to be the same. God will redeem all things and good will triumph over evil. Romans 8 should help us to properly understand the world in which we live. There is a cosmic battle taking place as we speak. And evil and sin are are, are tremendous powers that are at work all around us. Death is not from God. Death is our enemy. Cancer is not caused by God. Cancer is evil. It works against God's will. Violence and strife belong to Satan. 
God's plan is to bring shalom. He wants there to be peace. God wants there to be no more pain and no more suffering. He wants us to live in a world where tears no longer exist and darkness is no more. He wants to eliminate poverty and injustice. It is His desire that every human being and every creature live in harmony. And all of this is what we hope for. We live in a world that is broken. And we long for God to return and to heal it. But until then, we wait. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. Uh, You'll notice in the first verse that we read from this section, the word glory is mentioned. And here in the last verse, glorified is mentioned. Our goal as Christians is to be conformed to the image of his son, the son of God. We are to become like Jesus. And our job right now is to imitate him as best as we can. Sin warps our mind. It distorts our soul. And we heal our brokenness by embracing the spirit and attitude of Jesus. We drive out the power of sin by living like Christ. And not only do we take on the life of Jesus, but in Romans 6, Paul says that when we are baptized, that we will be raised from the dead like Jesus. He conquered death so that we might live. And so we live like Jesus. We will be raised like Jesus. And finally, Paul says in Romans 8.30, that we will be glorified like Jesus. And so right now, we must live with the effects of sin. Humanity introduced sin into the world. God did not do that. It was human beings. But God will conquer it. He will redeem what is lost. And we long for that day. We groan along with God's spirit. We lament all that is wrong with God's creation. And while we wait, we pray for the coming of the Lord. Lord, haste the day when the faith shall be sight. The clouds be rolled back as a scroll. The trump shall resound and the Lord shall descend. Even so, it is well with my soul. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your good creation. We thank you for all the blessings that we have in our life. We thank you for everything that you have created. We see your fingerprints everywhere we look. We see it in the blooming flowers of spring and the the green grass and the the beautiful trees and the sun, the moon, the stars. 
And we know that only a good God could create all these things. But Father, we also groan and we lament because sin has impacted our lives and it has impacted your creation. We groan because of death. We groan because of disease and sorrow and all the things that did not come from you. But Father, we also have hope because you have given us your word and we know that you will return and that you will make all things right. And we're thankful for that. May we go forth and bear your image in this community and to those around us. May they come to know not the evil of this world, but your plan to redeem all things. And we know this is only possible because of what your son did upon the cross. And we pray this in his name. Amen.